Hey everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. I wanna welcome you back to our podcast today. I have the privilege of hosting Ed Yerkeson, who leads NCQA's Technology Strategy and Execution. NCQA is actually the National Committee for Quality Assurance, and Ed is serving as Chief Technology Officer and is responsible for providing organization-wide leadership and direction across products and services, enterprise operations, IT infrastructure and security. Uh, really excited to, to, to be with Ed today, just with the work that they're doing to define quality standards across the healthcare system here in the US. So uh, Ed, really just privileged to have you here. Thanks for joining. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Look, uh, we're going to have time to, to dive into NCQA and the work that you guys are doing uh, there for quality, but also the digitization efforts that you guys are undergoing. Talk to us a little bit about you to kick things off. What is it that inspires your work in, in healthcare? Um, I got into healthcare in, I think, 2010. Um, I had, my background is in um, data and analytics. So I was one of the founding employees in a business intelligence company, MicroStrategy. We took it from zero to, when I left the first time, 2,500 employees. We had gone public, um, all of that. And then I, had, uh, I went back to MicroStrategy to run the analytics practice. Um, all of the data scientists reported into me. We're doing the complex uh, projects and then productizing them and then being able to kind of resell them. And that's stuff like market basket analysis and sales forecasting and things like that. Um, I remember I was at Fruit of the Loom doing very interesting math, uh, trying to determine the optimal color of T-shirts to sell to Target versus Walmart versus Sears. And a um, <laughs> former MicroStrategy client called and was recruiting me to get into healthcare and to use yeah. my kind of math and data skills to try to impact lives. Um, and, you know, everybody has a, a personal story of how the healthcare system has been failing them or has been challenging. Um, so I'm not alone in that. Um, you know, it's my father passed away when he was 49 from colon cancer. Um, my mother has, um, you know, has been through cancer several times. And each time it's challenging mm -hmm. with data. It's challenging to understand, is she getting good care? What is good care? Um, so getting into healthcare just seemed a lot more impactful to society than um, retails, promotion analysis, and, and understanding. Uh, the math is just as fascinating. The data um, is, uh, is really becoming standardized. So part of what drove MicroStrategy in the 90s was cash registers were feeding data warehouses. They were becoming standardized and data was being collected. We're going through a similar transformation now. Uh, we're further along in healthcare where EHRs have been putting medical records into a digital format. And that has now enabled math and analytics. When medical records were in stacks of paper, what can you do with that? How do you, you know, how do you gain insight from reading a thousand medical records, a thousand charts? It's just, it's just um, not practical. So now with medical records in the electronic form, it opens all sorts of opportunities and possibilities. 
you know, despite some of the some of the challenges that might be there to say, you know, get access to the data and its disparate sources, that it's there and it's digitized to your point. So, oh yeah, we're go ahead, Ed. You were about to well, comment we're, on it. We're trying to put in place standards. So while it's getting digitized, um, not all of the data is what we call interoperable or exchangeable. So you have proprietary data formats, which means it could work for this EHR, but not that EHR. Uh, so you, you hear stories of, um, you know, and now we're, we're getting better at this, but before you would get a DVD with your medical record. So it's digital, but when you take it somewhere else, they couldn't read it. So mm. great, you could read it yourself, but it couldn't be integrated in to the next EHR. Um, in order to coordinate care. And, you know, one of the challenges we have in this country, um, so for somebody on Medicare, so somebody like my mother, they go to an average of about six different care settings or doctors. And how do you coordinate the care across those six physicians? Um, it's really challenging. And it, it, la it leads to inefficient care, redundant care, missed opportunities. Um, for example, it, it's possible my mom could be on three statins, one from her PCP, her primary care physician, one from her cardiologist, and one from her neurologist. Now, if those doctors don't share data, they won't realize that. And my mom won't know because they might be a green pill and a pink pill and a white triangle pill, and she's not going to understand this. So having data standards allows you to um, to look at this data and, and analyze it. You know, you're seeing the impact of data standards in healthcare, uh, your iPhone. Apple Health is only possible because of healthcare data standards. Uh, so now you can get your medical record on your iPhone. The uh, system is evolving in a way that is, is, is very productive and hey, you know, um, Ed, uh, you know, for for those that may not know, I think it's worth level setting. Like, what what does your organization do? I mean, you 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 help me learn before I hit record. So I want I want to make sure that the listeners have a firm understanding or a reminder if they already know of NCQA. So NCQA is a nonprofit organization. We help define quality in U.S. healthcare. Um, we determine what is a good breast cancer screening uh, process. And we, we measure that and we allow comparisons of that. So simplistically think that um, if you think of say Yelp and where you get both dollar signs and say diamonds or stars, we are helping define the stars. What, uh, what is good quality? Um, because of our process, because we're a nonprofit and, and how we create new measures and calculations, we have a, a consensus process. So it's not Ed's measure for breast cancer screening or for colon cancer treatment. It's we get the best minds in the country together. We um, not quite lock the door, but we get them together. We work through a consensus process 
And that results in a measure that really can be thought of as the country's measure. And because of that, uh, the government, CMS, will utilize that to compare Medicare Advantage plans. So it gets embedded in, in regulation or in government process, our measurements. And that helps define quality. And quality is important because this, our country is moving from a fee-for-service to a value-based care uh, paradigm. And the challenge with value is it's a function of both cost and quality. So there are many organizations trying to drive down cost in healthcare. We are helping to define, measure, and report on quality. So that leads to an understanding of value. Are you providing better value? And that's, that's really the goal for evolving U.S. healthcare is to improve, um, to improve value. You know, it's gone from rhetoric to actual, like, steps forward. From my perspective, it seems like it's uh, a lot of, ha- has a lot to do with data accessibility, the ability to possibly reimburse faster for certain things. But who cares what I think? I want to hear what you have to think about that. Why Why do you think um, it's it's making progress? Like, why do you think we're making progress toward value-based care? What are the indicators? So fee-for-service is just inefficient, redundant care, and it's, it's too much care, and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. the right care. So that part of value-based care is to, how do you deliver the right care to the right people at the right time? And to do that, you really need data. So interoperability, uh, the exchange of data. So interoperability is, is multifaceted. It starts with all having the same data format. Um, it's then, how do you exchange data? It's having a process to exchange data. Um, so think of this as establishing standards. So uh, cars can all run on the interstate highway system or trains can all run on our on all the tracks in the United States because they have the same gauge. If they had different gauges, it wouldn't work. And that's that's how the industry started. Everybody had their own proprietary data model, data exchange protocols, and we're standardizing all of that now. And it's that standardization that's helping yeah. us. And it, move. the standardization is not hard. So you'll hear a term FHIR, F-H-I-R, Fast Healthcare yeah. Interoperability Resources. Um, it's really just a, about five things. It is something called, um, well, it's a, data, it's a data model. It's value sets. Um, something called REST APIs. And another thing called JSON. What are REST APIs and JSON? Well, my son is a, uh, he's now a junior in high school. And as a freshman, he took AP Java. And in that, he learned REST APIs and JSON. So while these are scary words, it's high school level computer science. It's not crazy technology. So that's, that's the thing to remember about FHIR. Now, the last part of FHIR, which is most interesting, is it's the mandated or regulated exchange. So EHRs have to provide FHIR data. Health ins- uh, insurance companies have to provide fire data to beneficiaries. So it's the exchange um, format paradigm for, for healthcare data. 
this is really enabling um, data usage and analysis. Got it. And just a clarifying question. So, so all of this fire access, I know for a while, you know, uh, it was mandated, but then it was delayed. But now, is it live now? Is it, is it all being required of? Well, different parts are, are now live and, and required. So Apple Health gets clinical data in a fire format from EHRs. And that's in place. That's been in place for several years now. So um, every major EHR has to have a fire endpoint or a fire API um, to for its patients. That's in place. Mm -hmm. um, okay. The government, CMS, has been providing for now several years uh, claims data to Medicare beneficiaries mm -hmm. in a fire format. Um, and you might say, well, why is that important? Why do I care about claims data? Um, my brother oversees my mother's care. And my mother will say, oh, I went to the doctor today. And his response is, which one? You have seven. And getting claims data allows him to see which doctor she's seen, realize that she hasn't seen her cardiologist in 18 months, help her schedule a, uh, an appointment with the cardiologist, also lets him see whether or not she's on three statins, whether or not the, you know, the cardiologist, the neurologist, and the primary care physician have all prescribed a similar medication. It helps um, and, and enables him to quarterback her care, all because he's got access to her claims data. This data is becoming more and more readily available. Uh, the the new part of FHIR that's being put in place is called bulk FHIR or population level FHIR. So FHIR initially is about an individual, but now say I am an insurance company and this year in Q4, I receive a thousand new uh, Medicare Advantage beneficiaries that transferred over, uh, switched over from a different health plan. Now the regulations are being put in place that the old health plan has to give me their data so I can better serve them, more immediately serve them. Um, the business problem is uh, Medicare Advantage beneficiaries switch plans every two to three years. The problem is the new plan doesn't immediately know all the prior conditions, all, uh, all the history of a new beneficiary. And it creates this black hole problem of how quickly do you identify a beneficiary as being diabetic and get good diabetes treatment uh, enacted. Mm -hmm. So that's eliminating an inefficiency in the system that way by exchanging data. Yeah, that's going to be a possible benefit of bulk fire, as you're it, It's one of the possibilities of bulk fire. Um, then that insurance company can look out at its providers, the its partners, the health systems, and say, I'd like to receive clinical data more frequently, say weekly, on all of my beneficiaries that go to any of your health hospitals. Um, getting access to clinical data uh, is also a game changer. So that's, that's going to be enabling more and more um, better math, more and more advancements in, in analytic capabilities, and that drives better care. That's great.
Well, well, uh, thank you for for walking us down this uh, very very informative and uh, I think useful to understand how things are unfolding. Um, and 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 as you you think about sort of tech trends and technologies that are changing the way that things are and have been, what what would you point to? Maybe it's what we've been talking about, but what would you point to as the biggest promise? I think the implementation of interoperability standards, data standards. So this is fire, this is bulk fire. Um, we are doing our calculations in something called CQL, the clinical quality language. Um, standardizing that, that's a, uh, that's a language designed to do math on clinical data. Um, we, NCQA actually developed a, an engine, a calculator to do this. And we open sourced it to enable the industry, other organizations to use the same calculator to do, um, to do their math. Uh, so we're, we're trying to, to drive the adoption of uh, analysis on fire data and all leveraging the same standards. Um, what we need to do as a country is avoid black boxes. So you want everything mm -hmm. to be transparent. You want the data to be interoperable. You want the calculations to be clear. Um, and we're doing our part in trying to achieve that goal. Yeah, that's interesting. Like right when you said the transparency, yeah, my my brain went to um, open source. It went to maybe blockchain as a method. I don't know, mm -hmm. maybe not. Yeah. So blockchain has its role. Um, right now, we are really focused on getting clinical data consistently in the right format in order to do analytics and then marrying that clinical data to, to claims data. Um, the, the challenge with claims data is insurance companies take a while to process your claims. So the data, while very relevant, it's actually, um, think of claims data as being very shallow, but very broad and clinical data being very narrow, but very deep. And you really have to combine both. So the challenge is, um, you had said earlier, uh, I think you were from Chicago. Well, the challenge in Chicago is that you have a lot of health systems there. And if I go to Northwestern, and then I go to Rush, and then I go to University of Chicago, um, how does Northwestern learn about what happened to me at University of Chicago or Rush, uh, so they can better coordinate my care. Um, in a in a city like Chicago, you've got all these great health systems that specialize in cancer and uh, cardiology and, and what have you. Um, so you can pick and choose your your physicians, um, but how do you coordinate all of that? And that is with fire data, uh, clinical and claims data. This has been great. Ed, honestly, I feel like we need a part two. That was just the beginning. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you be up, would you be up for that? Because I feel yes. like this is like, let's do it. Um, folks, this is part one <laughs> <laughs> of our session with uh, with Ed Yerkeson uh, from from uh, NCQA. Um, Ed, I want to thank you for for your time today. This has been fascinating. Um, and and you if you me. wanted to leave Oh, of course, of course. Look, um, and as we wrap up part one, 
Uh, what call to action would you leave people with, knowing that we have another session to, to talk about uh, more of this? The more that patients enact their rights to ask for their medical data, their healthcare data, the more change you will see. So get access to your own healthcare data and ask for it. it you have the rights to it. You own your own healthcare data. Ask for it. Uh, and maybe we start next uh, uh, podcast and what are some good ways to do that, right? Because, uh, heck, I don't even know how to do it. And I'm a healthcare <laughs> guy. <laughs> um, so folks, stay tuned to part two with Ed here. Uh, this has been a really good one. Ed, can't thank you enough for being with us. Uh, looking forward to having you back on. Great. Thank you very much. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.